0: I'm working on a novel or when I'm writing uh, making a movie, I have to know what is make-believe and what is reality. But what I find now is that line
1: in the world becomes fuzzy. Hollywood legend Kirk Douglas. Today on Now I've Heard Everything, I'm Bill Thompson. We continue Oscar week here on Now I've Heard Everything with a man who was Incredibly, never actually a winner of an Oscar, but he was nominated three times, the inimitable Kirk Douglas, who sadly passed away yesterday at age 103. Kirk Douglas was not only a magnificent actor, but turned out to be quite a novelist as well. I met him in 1992 when he'd written a novel about a bullfighter with a kind of a rebellious son named Miguel. Michael? Hmm. As you'll hear now in this 1992 conversation, Kirk Douglas admitted to me he didn't really know that he was writing about him and his son. Kirk Douglas from 1992. I was once quoted as saying, this is years ago,
0: I said, you know, if I want to tell the truth, I'd write a novel. I said, if I want to lie a little bit, I'd write my autobiography. And the first thing I did was write my autobiography, and then that came to haunt me. Well, I still feel that's true. I don't think I lied when I wrote The the Ragman's Son, but somehow you sometimes censor a little bit. You you omit a little bit, whereas if you're writing a a novel, like in The Gift, I am able to say some deep things that I feel through another character, you see, so it's easier to say many uh, things that you feel deeply in a novel.
1: Are we, are we supposed to read between the lines of the story in the story that is about a young man named Miguel, or if you will in English, Michael, yeah. who is living up to the image of his famous father?
0: You know what? <clears throat> Nobody believes me. When they read the book, they say, of course, Miguel has got to be his son, Michael, in the relationship with him and Paulo, the greatest riding master in the world, and Miguel is trying to think, could he ever match up to his father? And I'm embarrassed to say that while I was writing it, that was all subconscious. Of course, I was writing about my relationship with my son, Michael. But when I first was doing it, it was subconscious. Obviously, it came out of me, in a way. And I'm embarrassed to say, I mean, they look at me like I was a kook or something. You mean you didn't realize. But
1: that's true. But that, uh, as you were saying a moment ago, actually tells, gives us nuances that an autobiography can't. That's right.
0: Yeah, I I really think so. That, to me, is one of the fascinating things. That's why I'm so intrigued with this new thing that I'm doing of writing. It's really very gratifying, uh, you know, and also, see, what is nice is is that when you write a book, you have no director to direct you. As an actor, it's marvelous, Bill. I play all the parts. I play the women. I play the older men, younger men, boys. So I sort of act out a scene, and then I say, you know, Kirk, you were
1: terrific, and I write it down. I, mean, <laughs> <laughs> I did wonder, when, when someone who has spent his life on the screen writes a novel, do you write it as though you're, in your mind you're seeing a movie and you're writing down what you see? Well, I
0: don't think of it as a movie, <clears throat> as a matter of fact, but it's the way I project it is like a movie. As a matter of fact, I see it visually, and then I, I describe it very often openly, or I scribble. So I don't try to write. I scribble <clears throat> my thoughts because I want to capture the emotion that I feel about a scene or the character that I see. Then later, after I've had somebody put it through a word processor, I go into a verisimilitude and try to uh, polish it and stuff. But I feel that your first impulse is the one that's the strongest in telling a story
1: or in relating a- an emotion that you feel. Kirk Douglas's novel, The Gift, was a multi-layered story that in many ways was about survival. The girl, you know, who is emotionally
0: crippled in a way, who meets uh, Miguel, who's lost his leg, and they interact on one, on one another, and eventually they both survive, and he develops an attitude toward life. You know, the title of the book, Bill, The Gift, came from my talking with a young man, who lost his leg, and I was anxious. He see Well, how does one feel about that? So I said, Jim, who, by the way, with one leg, runs in the triathlon that is, you swim for two and a half miles, you ride a bicycle for a hundred miles, and then you run for 26 miles. And he always finishes in the first 20% with against people with two legs. And I said, Well, Jim, how, how do you feel? You know, I, after I got to normal stayed at my house. You know, what, what are your emotional feelings about, you know, losing your leg? He says, Kirk, he said, if someone said to me, I could have my leg back, I wouldn't want it. I said, what? He says, but, Kirk, because what this has done to me as a person is very, very important and precious to me. He says, I feel that this accident has been a gift. Of course, when he said that, that gave me the title of my book. But I thought about that, and when I had a helicopter crash, two people were killed. I was lying in the hospital filled with guilt. The two people who killed were young people. And I was thinking of what Jim had said. You know, in a way, you can turn that misfortune into a gift and make it mean something to you. You know, why were you spared? What should you do with your life? And uh, it depends on your attitude and how you approach anything. So that's one of the underlying things. You see, a lot of the thoughts that I have... uh, you know, side issues in in, in in my novel, a lot of people may not see. It's not important. Those who see it will see it. Those who don't, I hope the most important thing will be reading a very interesting, entertaining novel. Yeah. I, I yeah. also
1: tried to picture who would you play when they make this into a movie? And I thought, oh, well. Very
0: easy. Paolo, father, the writing master. Well, I mean, I
1: rule it. Ru- was that. the greatest writing master
0: in the world. And. Whose son almost hated him, and I mean that's a that's a great relationship. Yes,
1: well, I figured I could probably rule out. Uh, uh, Dennis, I certainly would Miguel. <laughs> that's right, <laughs> about four years too <laughs> too old for that one.
0: But I I, I love mixing the elements. See, I love Patricia, who comes from such a different background. Except she has a love for horses too. See, there's always that common denominator that brings people together. And then here's this young Portuguese uh, bullfighter who's lost a leg, who comes to teach her how to ride that way. See, they come from different worlds, and yet they both have a common
1: uh, problem inside. They both have a handicap that they have to overcome. So what is fact, and what is fiction? Well, in our 1992 conversation, Kirk Douglas was very clear how he felt about blurring the line. Bill, I am very concerned with... Make-believe versus
0: reality. It's very important for an artist. When I'm working on a novel or when I'm writing, uh, making a movie, I have to know what is make-believe and what is reality. But what it, I find now is that line in the, in the world becomes fuzzy. A lot of it because of TV, and you don't know for sure what is make-believe and what is reality. And I think that's a problem that not only artists uh, in all areas have to face, but people. Real people have to be certain, even sometimes when you, when you look at a, some shows on TV, you don't know, is that a simulated program? Is that reality? Is it make-believe? And I think that's a problem that everybody has to face. My novel, The Gift, is make-believe. Although there are a lot of things in there that are very dear and real to me, the reader must look at it
1: as hopefully an entertaining novel. Does it especially bother you when we can't tell the difference between politicians and make-believe? Well, of course, that's the area,
0: that's the area where it becomes uh, very difficult, uh, very difficult. You know, we live, I, I feel sorry for young people for a lot of reasons. I mean, the things that are happening in their life. You know, I've lived a full, active life. And when I think back on my problems, my God, it's nothing facing young people today. And politicians, you know, the word itself has had a, it becomes a, a bad connotation. You know, I want someone, whoever it is, to lead our country, you know, to hopefully make it a country that had all the uh, elements in it that when my parents escaped from Russia, illiterate Russian immigrants, they came here. They couldn't read or write. And I was able to work my way through college, get a college degree. I learned to write. Think of it. If my parents were alive, they couldn't read the gift. I'd have to give them, uh, you know, one of the audio tapes, they never were able to, you know, they had to come here and work. But the, the wonderful thing about democracy, which we must never forget, is that you have a chance. It doesn't say anybody can come here and become a
1: movie star, whatever it is, but you have a chance. Kirk Douglas passed away yesterday at age 103. Next time on Now I've Heard Everything, Charlton Heston, another Hollywood icon, who in fact did win an Oscar my 1995 interview with Charlton Heston next time on Now I've Heard Everything. I'm Bill Thompson.